0: Also, shows that the first to be happy is to make someone happy. And easiest way to make someone happy is to give them attention, which means listen to them, affection, which means that they know you deeply care for mm-hmm. them, and acceptance. You don't try to change another person. It's hard enough to change yourself when you want to.
1: Hey guys, it's Allison. I want to thank you so much for helping me make this transition from print interviews into the podcast space. You guys are my loves and I so appreciate it and thank you so much for loving my interviews. This particular interview with Deepak Chopra, it was recorded on a phone, so the quality is not as pristine as the other interviews, but I absolutely love Dr. Chopra. I've interviewed him a couple of times over the years and I really want you to hear this recording because we delve into all things mental health, which is so paramount right now. I really hope that you can sit back, relax, enjoy, and really take in this information. Hopefully it'll help you or someone you love. Peace. I looked at some of the statistics that were sent over to me, and uh, what I have here is that the World Health Organization Uh, reports that there's been a 60% increase in suicides over the last 45 years and a 30% increase since 2001. Um, My question for you is why?
0: You know we can only guess but I think what is happening is we're living in a culture that aggrandizes um, narcissism and the whole idea of a separate self. So people are constantly engaged in social media and in general in media as well. Uh, And everywhere you go in the entertainment world, whether it's um, educational institutions or how entertainment portrays heroes or how social networks aggrandize uh, this uh, narcissistic separate self that that leads to some kind of you know the term I can think of is some kind of uh, performance anxiety in a sense that am I relevant if I'm not being noticed and so it's a kind of a very strange thing on the one hand social networks are supposed to increase our connectivity in one sense, they do, that we can communicate more effectively, but they also increase our isolation if we don't get noticed. I'm guessing, uh, you know, but this is my assessment, particularly when we look at teens and uh, young adults, you know, they're at a very delicate uh, stage of their lives where they're actually beginning to wonder about their identity. (laughs) As children, we never, um, you know, we never wonder about identity. We're just happy um, (laughs) without even um, wondering about, uh, you know, self-esteem and all those things. But then uh, as we uh, enter adolescence, (laughs) That becomes an issue, identity becomes an issue. We're still forging our identities. And um, today the identity is um, I am important, I am relevant, not actually even knowing who I am at a fundamental level.
1: What's interesting to me is, um, I know that you're a parent, I'm a parent, and I remember just seeing in my son, up until about the age of three, just this pure, unadulterated confidence and joy that just emanated from his being. And and I, and I wonder, and I, I would sit back and think to myself, uh, you know, in fact, I have this video of him where he's running through a field, holding a pine cone and just cracking himself up for no reason whatsoever, just happy to be alive and running in the grass. And why do we lose that that joy and that feeling of I'm whole, I'm enough, I'm okay as we get older.
0: Yes, you're very right in your observation. You know, the great Indian poet, uh, Rabindranath Tagore, is quoted as having said, every child that is born is proof that God has not given up on human beings. Um, because children are naturally joyful and, um, and loving, and have empathy, compassion, um, and playfulness as their innate traits. So those have to be our fundamental traits of wholeness. The rest is uh, the hypnosis of social conditioning. And unfortunately, it gets recycled every generation. And now it's um, getting worse because of our... Ability to, to um, communicate our self importance. What we are actually confusing, um, you just said something very important, you know, self esteem. So, self esteem is natural in our natural state, but what we are confusing it with is self image, which is the ego biome bound identity. And that self-image constantly needs validation, or else it feels uh, very fearful. So, you know, as a result of this culture of self-importance and narcissism, all our national leaders, it's not just America, but all over the world right now, the national leaders are, uh, you just have to look around, and you can see that they're all very narcissistic, very self-important, and um, not at all interested in the welfare of uh, who they uh, their lead or their, um, you know, well-being. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it not only as individuals, but we're doing it collectively as well, and then the whole thing gets recycled.
1: Um I've noticed a, pa- a very distinct pattern in the 21st century that we're being pushed to the brink as, as a human race in so many ways because we have extreme weather patterns, we have mass shootings, we have more chronic uh, illness and disease, we have um, more more narcissism, we have we have all of we have more anxiety and depression, we have more people who are medicated than ever before. What what is this all Pushing us towards what is the spiritual reason for all of
0: us so, Right now the issue is mental health, right we're talking about mental health
1: right well it all what it all say, leads to what do you see mm-hmm.
0: of the mental health of a collective mind or a collective humanity that has created a world with all the things you mentioned but also Climate change, extinction of species, um, mechanized death, nuclear weapons, biological warfare, now inter-information warfare, uh, not only the extinction of species, but total destruction of the ecosystem with plastic in our food chain and also other poisons in our food chain, uh, the destruction of uh, every other life form, but now we're ready for our own extinction. So, you know, talk about suicide, we're ready for mass um, suicide at the moment. The last extinction was 65 million years ago as a result of meteorites that fell on Earth. Dinosaurs were wiped out. We emerged as a result of that extinction, but now if we have the next extinction, the seventh extinction, as they say, it'll be as a result of human behavior. If this is not collective insanity and we don't acknowledge it, then uh, we are declaring our own insanity. Um, And I think we need to not be on denial anymore. We need to understand our personal role in this collective insanity Suicide and mental depression in people is a symptom of our collective, um, our collective conditioned mind, which we take to be normal. We take the psychopathology of our everyday existence as normal. So numb have we become, and so. Um, Uh, so immune have we become to the cruelty that happens every day in the world. Uh, It's not just that we have created the conditions for suicide and mental health challenges for our our descendants, for ourselves, for our children, for their children. It's not just that. We take this to be normal and that is the most uh, frightening aspects of our condition as humanity at the moment.
1: But what But what if you're an empath and you take everything in and internalize everything and you're just in a constant state of, of just feeling distressed and feeling the pain of, of just everybody and everything?
0: Right. It's, 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 you know, either we can just resign and say, nature, um, you know, uh, the human experiment has failed. That, you know, that uh, the human species was an interesting idea on behalf of nature's uh, evolutionary uh, impulse. But it didn't work. And then we resign and wait for our uh, collective extinction. Maybe just go to the bar and get a drink We to numb ourselves even more, mm-hmm. which people are doing with drugs and alcohol and addictions, which are closely linked to this mass epidemic of suicide and depression, or we say, let's do something about it, and uh, then uh, hope for the best. And so what I've discovered, uh, just, you know, not not, uh, by pursuing it, but just, you know, through careful observation of what is happening. I've discovered now also as a physician, I've discovered that when uh, people support each other in anything, it doesn't matter what it is, weight loss or, you know, uh, mothers who have children with autism, when they support each other Mm -hmm. or people having, you know, to deal with a chronic illness, uh, when they support each other, then their outcomes, Um, then the outcome of whatever that condition is that they're struggling with, it does improve and the chances of relief do do improve. So this is what led me to this opportunity Mm -hmm. of creating both online but also real-time communities where we have people supporting each other for a more peaceful, just, sustainable, healthier and joyful existence because that's really the purpose of life ultimately is to experience our innate joy and uh, it comes automatically through empathy which leads to compassion which means the desire to relieve uh, another person's suffering compassion leads to love and love in action not love by itself In action uh, leads to healing. Love without action is actually irrelevant, and uh, action without love is also meaningless. So, this is an opportunity for us to create an ecosystem, a self sustaining ecosystem where people support each other.
1: Well, uh, tell me how
0: the. the... Helping each other is the best way to help us.
1: Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning, and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sources. ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot. And it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ball game. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot. And it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. How is the Never Alone platform, and then we'll get to the film, but how is the Never Alone platform going to work exactly, and will it be accessible to people of all socioeconomic status and and all geographical locations?
0: So right now the Never Alone platform uh, will be run by GoFundMe. Uh, We are helping create an advisory board for the never uh, for the GoFundMe campaign, but our goal is actually to create self-sustaining grassroots movements across the world. Because um, even in very um, you know impoverished um, parts of the world, these days people have access to technology. You know, in, in Mumbai and many other places in India. You might not have running water or electricity um, all the time, but still people have access to wireless technology. It's just the way it is. They're mm-hmm. so, and they're fascinated by it. Of course, uh, they're using it to go through mostly gossip uh, platforms and, as we see, uh, to get uh, noticed. But if we can create... Um, This platform, you know, in in wisdom traditions, they say a healthy community has three things. One is people dedicated to serve the community, number one. And number two is spiritual practice of reflective self-inquiry, basically asking ourselves both individually and as a community, who are we, what do we want, and how can we help each other? And so a spiritual practice of reflective self-inquiry, a collective um, intent for service, and then getting together, getting together, uh, and today we can do that both online, but also by creating our own communities and centers. So my hope is that there's no, uh, this is not a Deepak Chopra campaign or anyone's campaign. Yeah. It should be totally a grassroots self-sustaining campaign where we create an ecosystem for, um, for helping each other uh, in distress. And, uh, you know, the data is all there. You've got all the statistics we sent you, but also something that you should be aware of is that You know, I recently um, had, uh, we have a library and a librarian, and we look at statistics all over the world. And what we discovered was something very interesting. Number one, that low-grade anxiety and depression is almost universal. 99% of human beings at some point in their lives, as they get older, have what we call um, free-floating anxiety and depression it just is part of the human experience as people grow old they sit, look at infirmity they look at the prospect of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. they look at uh, death and so all of this is part of the human condition and what we have discovered our own um, foundation research is that Low grade inflammation. So low grade inflammation in the body, low grade anxiety. related to lifestyles. Right. And, um,
1: you
0: know, depression and anxiety are part of what precede that chronic illness. I recently also asked our librarians to look at the relationship between inflammation, depression, anxiety, and uh, not only chronic illness, but what could be an epidemic, in, uh, a worldwide epidemic, a more in the United States right now than anywhere else, but there is a worldwide epidemic of violence as well, and there is a connection. So you know the, between violence and inflammation, and and health challenges and mental illness. But it's not the whole story, of course. You know, uh, he, as uh, he said, President Trump is emphasizing mental illness as the basic cause of mass shootings. Mm-hmm. If that's really true, then uh, uh, then the fact that the United States has more mass shootings would suggest that we have more mentally uh, ill people than the rest of the world. And I don't believe that's true. I think it's a combination of factors.
1: It is a combination of factors. It's, of it's, course. It's cracks in the mental health system, but it's also a gun control issue. It's it's really a 50-50 Absolutely. issue.
0: 100%. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but I know that schools are really stepping up and doing their part because a lot of schools uh, where I am on Long Island, New York, they're now having – a lot of them are teaching yoga as part of the core curriculum. A lot of them are creating mindfulness classes. A lot of them are having – uh, meetings, like my son this year is now going to have group meetings with a social worker uh, before he goes to his homeroom class and this is going to be for all of the students and I think mindfulness has become uh, kind of a, and, and there's all of these anti-bullying movements in, in the public school systems now, which makes me very happy to see.
0: You know what, this, what all that you're seeing has a very sound biological basis so mindfulness practices yoga, breathing, even exercise, good sleep, these all decrease inflammation in the body. In fact, yoga particularly with mindfulness practices stimulates the vagus nerve in our body, which is the, the healing nerve. It's the opposite of, you know, we have two systems, autonomic nervous systems in our body, the sympathetic nervous system, which helps us, in dangerous situations, and but also right now sympathetic overdrive is raising uh, stress in the world, the opposite of that is vagal stimulation, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the healing system. And, you know, I was looking at all the research on yoga and mindfulness and vagal stimulation. Uh, you know, when you do the yoga asanas or postures, those are actually in Sanskrit, they're referred to as asanas, which means seats of awareness. So, good yoga practice or a good martial arts practice or a good mindfulness practice with breathing, etc., actually is very healing and specifically targets every organ in the body and decreases inflammation. So, we need this kind of research to actually validate this amazing thing that's happening in some schools and uh, some institutions as well. And I would love to make this a part of the Never Alone uh, campaign as well.
1: Do you think that, uh, well, first of all, with with the film The Offering um, that you're you're now in the midst of raising funding for, this is not a documentary, correct? This is a a work of fiction that I guess that's based on uh, real accounts, real stories about suicide?
0: Yeah, well, the actress, Gabriella Wright, who is 37, her sister, uh, who was a very accomplished uh, uh, musical artist in Europe, or uh, traveling in Europe and not parts of the world, committed suicide at the age of 28 or 29. And um, so this film is, a, is, a, is a, a film for awareness, in which the same actress Gabriella Wright, is playing the role of a mother whose son commits suicide, and so what we hope to do is use the film as a tool for bringing awareness. Because you know, when you give facts alone, uh, some people are moved by the facts. Like you, you were moved by the statistics. But facts by themselves can be very dry. When they're linked to an emotional response, then people feel compelled to look at the facts in a different way. So we are hoping that the offering will be um, a film for me, it's it's fictional, Um, uh, but I participate to a minor extent in the film um, as uh, bringing some insight into the epidemic of loneliness. So the film is only one aspect
1: Mm -hmm. of the movement and
0: it's almost all funded already. Um, um, and uh, we just need a little more to complete the films and do the post-production. But after that, the goal of the Never Alone movement is to encourage other people to produce uh, videos and films and share stories to increase uh, awareness and create their own uh, communities, both offline and online.
1: I myself have been studying the soul and past lives, and I've read all of Dr. Brian Weiss's books, uh, you know, Many Lives, Many Masters. And I find that, you know, now over the last 15 to 20 years, the, the veil, so to speak, has been thinning in terms that more and more people are becoming aware of the fact that Our souls are eternal. You know, we we were alive before we got here. We'll be alive um, after we leave here, but in spirit. Um, Do you think that because so many more people are aware that there's something beyond earth, that it's almost been a double-edged sword because people might see suicide as a viable option because they feel, well, I just don't want to be here. I don't want to. I don't want to cease to exist. I just don't want to be here on Earth at this time. I hesitate
0: to answer that um, because I would say I don't really know that that's one of the reasons for mm-hmm. increasing, um, you know, the increased uh, epidemic of suicide because uh, a lot of people actually do not have insight into the true nature of their soul. It's in a way a disconnect I think but it may be a contributing factor certainly to some people. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, in the past if you spoke about the soul or the spirit uh, a lot of people that uh, consider themselves scientists and secular they would just roll their eyes and look away because you're not talking science. But you're not Reality um, uh, non perceptual and in the realm of what you and I would call soul or what scientists are struggling with, and there's a good physical explanation for what we call consciousness. There's no explanation. that you're interpreting that into meaning where is that happening consciousness, and the only thing that is eternal is what you just referred to as the soul, which is not in space or time, it will take a long time for science to catch up with this idea of consciousness being fundamental and matter being the interpretation of perceptual activity, which is also the subject of my next book, which is called Metahuman, coming in October. But I think in the meanwhile, we have to Deal with everyday reality, and everyday reality is, is at this moment very depressing, and it's our own collective projection. So we need to change
1: it. How? What do you think it takes to get somebody who is at the brink, as somebody who's having um, suicidal thoughts or feelings? What do you think it takes to bring them back from the brink and get them move their energy into a space of embracing life? Once again, takes
0: a loving, compassionate, caring being to be present for them, and that's all it takes. Um, I think there's no situation that is so desperate that uh, love and compassion and
1: presence and caring can alleviate any kind of desperate situation. Okay. Um, Have you yourself at any point in your life ever had a suicidal thought or feeling? And if so, how did you work your way out of it? Or has a loved one of yours ever experienced something like that? And how did you navigate your way out of it? Or how did they?
0: Okay, so I've personally never experienced this kind of extreme um, ideation. Mm-hmm. But as a physician and in practice for several years, you know, I was in active practice as an internist and also as an endocrinologist and also an emergency room physician, I saw it all the time, Mm -hmm. several times a day. And then, of course, I looked at my own family, extended family, cousins, relatives, nephews, nieces, uncles, aunts. And I don't find a single family, including my own, where this kind of extreme desperation has not resulted in a suicidal acts. And so, uh, you know, from right through my medical uh, school days, through internship and residency, I have witnessed um, this kind of ideation and this kind of outcome. Of extreme desperation, which we call suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's never been out of my awareness, not even a single day since uh, I became a medical student. And uh, I do remember also in my earlier growing up years becoming aware of uh, relatives in my extended family who had done that. So, you know, I have, uh, uh, it's a daily reminder we need to do more uh, to alleviate everyone's suffering because our own personal happiness is dependent on um, the happiness of others. In fact, all the data also shows that the faster way to be happy is to make someone happy. And that's the easiest way to make someone happy is to give them attention, which means listen to them, not advise them, but listen to them. Affection, which means, Uh, Make sure that they know you care, uh, deeply care for Mm -hmm. them. Appreciation, notice their strengths and qualities, and acceptance. You don't try to change another person. It's hard enough to change yourself when you want to. But if you listen to them and you're there to support them, then they change, especially
1: if you care. Wow, that's great advice. And how long, uh, the GoFundMe campaign is, is still active and going on, correct?
0: But just started, and we already have raised $125,000. Oh, nice.
1: Okay. And I personally contributed
0: 10000 to just get it started. Okay. And then uh, very quickly, we have, uh, you know, in less than a week, uh, we've raised 120000 We want to finish the film, and then the rest of the funds, there'll be an you know, um, advisory board that will work with uh, uh, GoFundMe to fund campaigns worldwide, and there should and will be a process to do that.
1: Okay. And uh, my last couple of questions, I do just want to quickly touch on the book. So the book Metahuman, I'm, I'm assuming from what I've read about it that the book is going to delve into teaching people how to, how to tap into the quantum field. Am, am I right? Well, you know, when we use words like quantum field, then a lot of scientists
0: get riled up um, even though you know uh, there are twenty-five interpretations of quantum mechanics, which means nobody knows the exact interpretation, I would say no. I think the book is about what is fundamental, as opposed to what is a social construct. And so you know, war, terrorism, uh, social and economic injustice, climate change, are because of false constructs and the false. The best construct that human beings have created is that we are separate, that, you know, uh, the subject and object of experience are two different things. Right now, for example, I believe that I'm the subject of experience and you're the object of my experience, but you don't think so. You think you're the subject of experience and I'm the object of experience. This is an artificial uh, uh, device. And unfortunately our science is based on that. So we end up using science for diabolical purposes and ultimately risk our extinction. We need to expand our idea of science to include both the subject of experience and the object of experience. Right now that's the rift. Reality is, does not divide. You know, the universe works as a as a wholeness, That everything in nature is whole. where every part is actually an activity of the whole. So my book is saying that you should wake up from the dream, which has now become a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And the dream is uh, that we are separate beings. We are actually part of a holistic process. And uh, when we embrace that wholeness, then we are holy and that we are healed. Wholeness, holy, health, healing go together. And that is recognizing at a deep level, through experience, not through just intellectual uh, analysis, but through experience, and that's why techniques like mindfulness and and uh, everything you've mentioned, meditation, and these practices actually give us that experience of wholeness, and that's why we feel um, secure when we uh, when we go beyond our skin encapsulated ego identities. Hmm. That's what the book is really about.
1: Okay. You currently have two podcasts right now, Daily Breath and Infinite yes. Potential. Yes.
0: Okay. One is the Infinite Potential, which is conversation with thought readers all over the world, mm-hmm. scientists, cosmologists, uh, physicists, mathematicians, humanitarians, poets, uh, entertainers. I just uh, had Russell Brand, but I've also had Stephen Hawking's co-writer, Leonard Millard now and uh, um, people like Dr. Oz and Sanjay Gupta, the Infinite Potential podcast. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is called Daily Breath, which is a kind of a daily meditation and insight and inspiration every day.
1: Okay. And those can be downloaded on iTunes?
0: iTunes, Apple, Spotify, everywhere. Okay.
1: Okay, cool. Okay.
0: Thank you for doing this. It will help a lot.
1: Thank you so much. I hope so.